Born in Dublin in 1870, Robert Noonan, better known under his pen name of Robert Tressel, was the author of The Ragged Trousered Philanthropists. That book, which remained unpublished during Tressel's lifetime, would become a pivotal text for generations of trade unionists and socialists after it became widely available in the second half of the 20th century. A forthcoming festival would explore the life and legacy of Tressel, a figure who's often overlooked in discussions of Irish writers. To learn more, I'm joined by Mary Muldowney, festival organiser and historian in residence with Dublin City Council. Mary, thanks for joining us again Thank on the you, History Mark. Show. Tell us a little bit about his early life and uh, the Irish connection. Unfortunately, the Irish connection is actually not as strong as it might have been. A lot of people thought he grew up in Dublin, but he certainly was born here. He was here for the first few years of his life and his parents were Irish. He was brought to London probably when he was about five or six. But I'm sure that, you know, like most Irish people abroad, that it would have been mentioned fairly frequently about the background. There's some controversy as to who exactly his father was. Yeah, I mean, there's more discussion about it now than there might have been in the early days of after the book was published. He was claimed by Samuel Croker, who was a judge. But Croker, at the time that Trussell was born, was in his 80s. And he was married to somebody else other than Trussell's mother, Marianne Noonan. And they had four children together. The suspicion is that really it's far more likely that it was Croker's son who was the father of Noonan's children. Because the Croker family continued to pay support or provide financial aid to to Marianne and to Robert. Yeah, they were pretty decent, actually, in the way they looked after them. You know, for the time, it was easy enough to disown people born outside the blanket. Uh, So... That is unfortunately just speculation. We've no direct evidence of it. And the older Croker certainly never tried to disown his children or his grandchildren. Um, Now, Mary Noonan remarried then in uh, London. So take his life from there, if you would, up to, uh, we'll discuss South Africa separately, but uh, this period of his life after he leaves Dublin. Well, certainly he turns up in Liverpool where he spent a few months in prison for petty theft. So he was having an exciting time. We don't have much detail. There's been some excellent work done, but the records don't back up an awful lot of what he was up to. And then, as you say, he turns up in South Africa a few years later and he claimed in his various official forms that his last place of residence had been Ireland. But really, that looks like he might have been just avoiding saying about mm. his uh, residence in Liverpool jail. In prison, yeah. Um, so he decided to emigrate. He's a, a painter and decorator, yeah. um, famously, and decides to emigrate to South Africa. And when he's in South Africa, that is when he certainly becomes, whether he was involved beforehand, but mm. he certainly becomes involved in politics. Tell us about his, his life and activities there, if you would. Well, the the major activity, I suppose, in terms of profile would have been his involvement with the anniversary of the 1798 rebellion, which was being organised by luminaries like Arthur Griffith and John McBride, whom that Trestle was reasonably close to. There was a major event in 1898 to mark the centenary 
And he also was involved with the local trades council, but not necessarily as a trade union member. And that's where it's a little bit iffy because a lot of the preoccupation with his activities there was in making sure that black skilled workers couldn't impinge on the the rights or the jobs of white skilled workers. Now, he did move away from that position when he moved away from South Africa, but it's not appealing. Mm. Uh, He was familiar, apparently, anyway, with the, maybe around this time, with the works of people like James Connolly and Michael Davitt, wasn't he? He was. You know, there are suggestions, especially through the chapters of the Ragged Trousered Philosophy, of Davitt's work in particular. So, you know, adapting those arguments, it's possible that he was influenced in Connolly's direction by McBride because Griffith wouldn't have necessarily been (laughs) urging that kind of thinking. But he certainly was becoming very politically aware and he was on the Boer side in the war that started in 1899. So now he, he... apparently was involved in the setting up of an Irish brigade, but didn't actually fight. But he was also somebody who had been tormented by poor health mm. most of his life. So, And he had, at that stage, separated from his wife and he had custody of their daughter. Yeah, the daughter is somebody who is actually very important in mm. his life. And when he leaves South Africa in September 1901, she goes with him. That's right, yeah. Kathleen, her name was, and they were clearly very close. And when they came back to England, they moved to Hastings, where he had sister, one sister living and another one coming with them. Kathleen's references to the details of his life are a lot, there would have been what most of the early knowledge was based on, but there were clearly what he told her and he did change the story several <laughs> times. So, um, you know, subsequent research has shown that it's not the most reliable source for information. Now, he, as you say, the, the, he and Kathleen moved to Hastings on the south, south coast of England mm. and in 1906 he begins work on the manuscript of yeah. the ragged trousered philanthropists and bases it to some extent or to a considerable extent on his own experience and his own experience of working for a building company locally. Yeah, I mean, Hastings, the one thing that has been, attention's been drawn to that is kind of not inconsistent with him talking about working class life is that he's really, he wasn't a member of a union himself. There would have been trade union activity in Hastings. Jobs were falling off to some extent at that stage. But it seems that Noonan or Trassel was doing okay. I mean, there's a great piece by Charles Callan that he wrote about 20 odd years ago now, but it traces all of that and the lack of evidence that he actually was in a trade union. So it throws some doubt on how faithful a portrait of working class life it was. I mean, to a great extent it was, but organisation through unions would have been very strong at the time. Uh, he doesn't put the name Robert Noonan on the manuscript. Uh, he comes up with this name, Robert Tressel. Was that to yeah. avoid potential retribution? 
I wouldn't think so. I think that he was, you know, a trestle was a key tool, mm. the trestle table of a painter and decorator, which is how he described himself. So I suspect he really was just trying to give himself a pseudonym that would have relevance to what he was writing about. Sadly, he had no luck getting a publisher. I mean, he has produced his manuscript. It's taken him four years to write. It's 1,700 pages long. Yeah. So you can sympathise. a manuscript, yeah. you know, no well, typing yeah, or anything. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can sympathise with uh, publishers who said, no, thank you. Well, they don't take a risk that easily unless it's an obvious, you know, bestseller. And it can be a tough enough read <laughs> nowadays. But the thing was that... While he apparently threatened to destroy the manuscript because he was so disillusioned, uh, Kathleen saved it and kept it in a tin box until after his death. And it was she who saw that it was sold. Now, probably not in the best circumstances in that she was paid only £25, which even at the day wasn't Mm. all that much for the amount of work that went into it. But at least it got out there. About 1914? 1914 was the first publication, but it was a very abridged version by a woman called Jessie Pope. And the unabridged version um, that is published in 1955, how did that come about? Well, there had been various iterations through the intervening years and each one had a bit more of the original manuscript, which thankfully had managed to have been saved. I mean, it had been sold and sold again, but a man called Fred Ball went after it in the 1940s. And he and his wife literally restored a lot of the pages. Now, Ball wrote what's accepted as a very scrupulous biography, but not necessarily the most accurate, because he would have been talking a lot to Kathleen. But at the same time, it's a much bigger insight into who Noonan Tressel was and the intentions for the book. Mm. Uh, now, that legacy you're going to explore in the Robert yeah. Tressel Festival, which you describe as a day of debate, drama and song. Give us an idea of what's going to be happening at the event. Well, in the day, which is completely free and open to anyone who wants to drop in in Connolly Hall in Liberty Hall, there will be four separate sessions that are based on different aspects of the book and the arguments around it. So uh, we'll have a welcome in the morning, kick off then with a section on the history of the book and what it's meant in terms of different groups. For instance, women in particular, uh, Lisa Connell's going to talk about the gender and Charles Callan, I'm very glad to say, is going to speak. And Brian McMahon will be in that one as well. He's done the most recent book, Robert Drassel, Dubliner, followed by, and this will be a feature of the day, songs about labour, you know, labour songs, hopefully <laughs> inspiring mm. and Organising for a better world is going to be a very important one because organising, especially younger people and migrant workers, etc., is a big thing, very important for unions. We have Eddie Dempsey and John Callow coming from the UK. Eddie Dempsey is the deputy to Mick Lynch, the RMT, and John Callow is a historian who's a specialist in Connolly's writing. But he's also somebody who can speak to the enormous influence that the book has had in Britain, especially 
That's followed by an explanation of the great money trick, which is Tressel's explanation of how capitalism works, but with various (laughs) economists. And finally, organising for unity, which will deal with really an issue that is so important nowadays that was an issue then and it was kind of reflected how Tressel had moved on in his thinking, which is to stop blaming migrants for what's wrong with our society. Um, so it will be about diversity, particularly around the issue of race. And the evening then, well, not just Mick Lynch, we have Philney Hay giving a keynote speech as Deputy Secretary, General Secretary of ICTU, and various other people like Seamus McDonough, who is the chair of the organising committee, and he'll be speaking to the elected president of SIPTU, who represents a lot of people, Mary O'Donnell. And we will have, the, a, say, a lot of music in that session. Dara Lynch from Lancome is a big fan of Mick Lynch and uh, apparently they're not related, but, mm. you know, he particularly wants to be on the stage with them. And, you know, it's just generally, hopefully, that the evening will be a reminder, as Mick says, the working class is back, you know, that uh, people say, well, where did they go? They didn't go anywhere. But at the same time, over the 20th century and more recently, they've been downtrodden to Interesting to have Mick Lynch coming kind of in the opposite direction from uh, from Robert Tressel stroke Robert Noonan who, who emigrated uh, to, to, to London yes, so Mick Lynch yeah. coming in the opposite direction mm-hmm. albeit for uh, for 24 hours or yeah. so. Many thanks for joining us on the History Show this evening to talk about Robert Tressel and the upcoming Robert Tressel Festival to be held in Liberty Hall on Saturday the 6th of May and details can be found at Tressel Festival that's T-R-E-S-S-E-L-L he didn't spell it T-R-E-S-T-L-E <laughs> as in Jesse the table yeah. so tresselfestival.ie well that's all we've got time for on this evening's programme and indeed all we've got time for on this season of the History Show we'll be back in the autumn with another run of episodes details of all our items as well as podcasts are available on our website rte.ie forward slash history show my thanks tonight to Kieran Dunn and Harry Buckless on sound and our researcher Ian Kennelly. the history show is a Pegasus production for RTE for now from me Miles Dungan and producer Lorcan Clancy goodbye and thanks for listening